when you look back on it, you're like, why was this such a surprise? He's a corner yeah. from Alabama. We wanted to get a wide receiver. Yeah. It just didn't match up with our board, you know? I don't think the Ravens are in a position where they're going to reach on a guy. When I'm doing my seven-round mock next year, I'm going to trust my instincts. Because if I had trust my instincts, I probably would have gone Marlon Humphrey in the first round. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome into the post-draft lounge. We got a lot to talk about here, Garrett. We do. I mean, a lot happened over the past week. Ravens make seven draft picks. Uh, and so, it's. I mean, it's an exciting weekend. You know, they went heavy on defense, obviously, so we're going to to dive into all of that. We've got some questions, you know, from fans. We got a lot of emails. We got a ton of emails. <laughs> Believe it or not, a few of the emails actually mentioned the wide receiver position. Wow, I'm shocked. You, I didn't hear any <laughs> fans talking about that after our draft. It, Holy cow. It threw me off when I saw some emails <laughs> about the wide receiver come in. Uh, but, yeah, we got a couple of lows, and also some people want to know about what we think of our first-round pick, too. Yeah, so that's a good one. So why don't you uh, we'll roll the audio on one. we got an audio question from John in Hawaii. Hey, guys, this is John from Hawaii. And like a lot of Ravens fans, I just finished watching – the draft and I got to see Marlon Humphrey the cornerback from Alabama picked for our team and I was wondering what you guys thought about that pick I was talking to a friend of mine and he thinks that he's not going to be doing a lot of playing and that he's going to be sitting on the bench whereas I think he's going to be a great asset to the team and uh, yeah just wanted to get your thoughts on whether or not you think he's a good pick and how much play time you think he'll be getting during this first season thanks all right. Well, thank you, John. And you weren't the only one that wanted to talk about Marlon Humphrey. We also got another email, this one from Jamal Galloway. Is he related at all to uh, Joey Galloway? Is Joey's, Joey's younger brother, Jamal. <laughs> um, Go ahead and read I that have no yet. idea if that's actually true, but uh, <laughs> Jamal says, now I watch a ton of college football, and I must say that there's a ton of talent, but Humphrey is the only corner I've seen shoot a gap against LSU, stand up, and get a tackle for a loss against the beast himself, Leonard Fournette. Some Ravens fans can say what they want about this young bull, but I don't want any other DB in this draft. I don't think there's any other DB in this draft that's able to do something like this. So he's super excited about the pick. What do we think? So, you know, John points out that some people are down on the pick. Jamal says kind of something similar, but both of them like the pick. So I'll ask you, Ryan, what do you think of the pick? And also, before I do that, if you're wondering how you can send in your own audio question or email, the email is thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. Yeah, I like the pick. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised with Marlon Humphrey being the pick uh, because of the mock drafts. And a lot of mock drafts had him going in the second round for a considerable amount of time. But then late in the draft, pre-draft process, I think that some of the draft Knicks and analysts started talking to more NFL teams, and they were like, wow, people are, are high on Marlon Humphrey. You know, this guy, a lot of teams really like him. And then he kind of scooted up draft boards and was projected in the days leading up to the draft as a mid-first-round pick, even ahead of the Ravens. Some people I saw taking him to the Indianapolis Colts. So, But I think that the reason that he wasn't a first-rounder in many analysts' eyes skewed how people looked at that pick initially oh, oh for sure i yeah. mean because you look in the mock drafts and it's funny one of the things i did is the day of the draft i went through every mock draft that i saw that was out there yep. and put together the list and we did a photo gallery of every player mocked to the ravens yep and there was like i don't know say 12 guys that yep. were in that list 
None of them were Marlon Humphrey. None of them were Marlon Humphrey, <laughs> which is just crazy. You think somebody is going to have him out there. I know. Because corner was a need. And the other thing, right, too. That's the thing. You, when you look back on it, you're like, why was this such a surprise? He's a corner yeah. from Alabama who plays real tough. His dad played in at Alabama. All-American at Alabama. Alabama right, was got, a first-round draft pick. Like, you look at it and you're like, how did this take us by surprise? We were all talking about how they might take a corner in the first or second round. Like, it's just kind of crazy. I think that a lot of people, us included probably, got kind of, you see the moves in free agency and you think, yep. well, maybe corner's not as big of a need anymore. Right. Which is also crazy because if there's one thing we've learned, you need to have really good cornerback depth. Right. You know, everyone last year was saying, get more corners, get more corners. You know, if Jimmy Smith gets hurt, this whole defense changes. Right. Well, now you've put yourself in a position with Humphrey and Brandon Carr to be able to sustain a loss for a short period of time right. to Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I think the, the signing of Brandon Carr affected things. And we were all like, well, they have the two starters now. Carr's not going to get injured. He never missed a start. They're good at cornerback. You know, get one in the second, third round or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Brandon Carr, and I like the Brandon Carr signing, but it's not like he's a world beater. It's not like he just signed like a pro bowler who's mm-hmm. going to be here for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so the Ravens needed a corner. So it shouldn't now have been that and, surprising. Now and future. Yeah, now and, now future. and future, yes, they need a corner. And the other part that made it a little bit surprising to me and I think a lot of fans was that when the Ravens were on the clock, you had O.J. Howard on the board. You had Jonathan Allen on the board. Ruben you know, Foster. Ruben Foster. Three Alabama guys were sitting there, and then the Ravens took a fourth Alabama guy <laughs> that you weren't expecting uh, You know, because those other three guys were all projected to go ahead of where the Ravens were picking. So they all look like bargains, you know? And when we talk about all the pre-draft stuff, you're like, well, if the quarterbacks go and, you know, talent gets pushed down the board, the Ravens can get a real bargain. And that's what look, it looked like was going to happen. It's just that the Ravens had a different, a higher grade on Marlon Humphrey than everybody else did. Yeah, they had a different bargain in mind. Exactly. So they still feel like they got a bargain, and I think they probably did. Time will tell, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, to circle back here, I like Marlon Humphrey. I think that the Ravens, like we said, they need him now. They need him in the future. He fits what they do. He's physical on the edge. Uh, and he's going to really help transform this secondary for years to come. I mean, it should be him and Jimmy Smith for quite some time here locking down that secondary. That's not a bad uh tandem to have not at all and also he's a young player he's 20 years old right now and so you think that he's going to be on the ascent and I was impressed with him like when he came in here and you meet him and you meet his family you can see that he comes from great parents uh he's the moment was not too big for him at all no you know like he's been playing at Alabama his dad was a NFL player so like pro bowler pro bowler (laughs) and being in the big stage that wasn't something that like caught him by surprise you know some guys they're kind of intimidated by the moment and I like a this you know, is obvious, but I like a corner that's got a lot of confidence. And he struck me as a player that has a lot of confidence. Also, he's not like cocky, though. He seems like very down-to-earth. Oh, he's for like sure. just a chill dude. He, he is. Now, I do contend. He keeps saying he didn't cry on his draft day when he was picked. When you go down to one knee and you start rubbing your eyes. That looks like oh, a little man. bit like a cry. Yeah. I mean, Marlon, you ain't <laughs> fooling anybody. Your sister took the video. Yeah, that looks like a little bit of a cry to me. I say so, and that's fine. You know, I we like all the, cry. I, I cry. Garrett, you cry sometimes? I, if, I, if you were to get drafted, do you think you would cry? If you oh, absolutely. 100%. I'd bawl like a baby. I feel like you were saying over the weekend during the draft that you wouldn't have cried. Nah, I'd be bawling like a baby. Yeah. 
I probably would too. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's a pretty emotional yeah, moment. It's an emotional moment. Um, so yeah, we're on board with Humphrey, uh, but let's go through some of the other things of this draft. I mean, so yeah. you don't get a receiver. Yeah. And that's what everyone wants to talk about. I, I was surprised. I was more surprised. <laughs> we definitely thought they were going to draft a receiver. The Ravens did not draft a receiver. Then I was surprised that the Ravens drafted Marlon Humphrey in the first round. For sure. So like, but then when you look at it, and I think here's what here's the way you have to look at it. Let's just take it, you know, a couple rounds at a time. Look at the first round. Mm-hmm. All right, I picked in my mock that the Ravens would take Corey Davis at mm-hmm. number sixteen. Well, he went five. Okay, yep. so he was <laughs> that gone. wasn't going to happen. So he was gone. And then you have three receivers go yeah. in the top nine. Mike Williams. Mike Williams went seven, and you had John, John Rosh go nine. Yep. So Unreal. so. A lot of times, in a lot of the mock drafts that were out there, thought that maybe only one of those guys would would go before the Ravens, and the Ravens would yep. have their pick of two or maybe all three of those players yep. at 16. So I don't want to, like, you know, everyone's got a mock draft right now, but I think one thing that I kind of took away from this is when I'm doing my seven-round mock next year, oh. I'm, doing it, I'm doing it based on what I think. I'm not going to put too much stock in, in, the look, in looking at all of the things that are out there and then trying to make my decision. I'm going to trust my instincts. Because if I had trust my instincts, I probably would have gone Marlon Humphrey in the first round. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. You didn't talk about him once in the pre-draft process. Yeah, I, I, but I'm glad that you brought up the topic of our seven-round mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Before we get too deep into this, because uh, did, have you paid me my dollar yet? I do need to pay you a Why dollar. Why don't you get out your wallet right now and give me my dollar? Because uh, I hit a pick in my seven-round mock, and you went... Yeah, I went over. over. I did go over. Yep. And I was a lot closer, and I know what you're going to say. Oh, closer doesn't mean anything. What are we playing? Horseshoes? Well, no. You, but you had Derek you, Burnett. I had Derek Burnett, and he went two picks ahead of the Ravens. He could have been the guy. Then in the second round, who did I take in the second round? I took uh, the cornerback. I took the cornerback out of uh, Florida. I took Quincy, Quincy Wilson, who went one pick ahead of the Ravens. Now, obviously, the Ravens weren't going to take a corner in the second round. I have to take one in the first. But had they not taken Marlon Humphrey, Quincy Wilson could have been the guy. I'm disappointed because... I wish both of those guys had gotten to the Ravens. That would have kept your streak alive of having them had they had an opportunity to take Picking your guy and then they, they pass. Want. And then they pass. Yeah, <laughs> guys that aren't even on the board. Well, you, guys know who even, you know who they didn't pass on? Jermaine Illuminor. You got your you got your Jermaine Illuminor pick. This That's is right. the first time. You know, enjoy it. It's great to be on that side of things. I've been there so many times. You know, I kind of got bored just consistently picking in our seven round box correct players. So I wanted to give you a little taste of it. So Get I gave you one. Late round pick that, that you got lucky. What am I going to spend my dollar on? <clears throat> All right. Um, but going back to receiver. Let's go back to okay. receiver. All right, yes. All right, so then you're not going to get one of those guys. And then just look through the rest of the draft. Like, All right, second round. Second round, you had guys like Zay Jones was gone. Curtis Samuel was gone. Now, J.J. Yep. Smith-Schuster was there, and we'll find Juju, out. Yeah. Ju- sorry, Juju Smith-Schuster was there. But the Ravens wanted to get pass rush. They wanted to get pass rush. Well, so. and, and, and Ozzie said specifically, we wanted to get a wide receiver. Yeah. It just didn't match up with our board, you know? I don't think the Ravens are in a position where they're going to reach on a guy. You know, if, if, if they feel like they have somebody that's higher ranked on their board, which they said Tyus Bowser was, you know, he was the highest guy up there, they're going to take him. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them. I don't think the Ravens are so desperate at wide receiver or they have to really extend themselves to get somebody. Yeah, and and you can we can see what happens, you know, in free agency. Anquan Bolden is still out there. Do, is that somebody who they go and get? 
We'll find Wouldn't out. Wouldn't surprise me. We'll find out if they were going to go and get Anquan Bolden. But I think that that's a possibility. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and Ozzy has made trades in the past too. You know, like yep. he went and got Chris Givens a couple years ago. Now Givens didn't come here and like light the world on fire or anything, but he has made deals in the past. I mean, Jeremy Zuto was a trade. Yep. Eugene Monroe was a trade. So he he said at the end of the draft that he's still working to build this roster, and we'll see how that plays itself out. So then the Ravens come up in the third round. And, you know, everybody's like, all right, they're going to take some, some offense. offense here. Are they going to take a lineman? Are they going to take a wide receiver? Well, look at the board. Cooper Cup goes 69 overall. The Ravens are on the clock at 74. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup goes 69. Then you have center Pat Elfine out of Ohio State. Right. Then guard Dan Feeney. Then wide receiver Taiwan Taylor out of Western Kentucky. He's like a slot guy. Right. Kind of like a Campanero. Uh so you have four offensive players that potentially could have been of interest to the Ravens. Based on position and need. Based on position and need that go right ahead of the Ravens. You know, those guys went 69, 70, 71, 72. The Ravens are on the clock at 74. Right. So once again, it's like, man, these guys just these guys keep getting picked. Now, I don't know if they would have taken them or not, but possibly. Right. I mean, Ozzie said at the end of the second day of the draft that, that he was trying to move. That there were some guys that they yep. were interested in that got picked before they had a chance to get them. And it could have been those guys or it could have been in the first or the second round, but they had some interest, obviously. Um, I do think it's worth noting, and, and John said this. This is like a little story time. John said this in his press conference. Uh, when they're sitting there in the draft room, an offensive coordinator, Marty Morningweg, is in there. And he's probably getting a little antsy. He's like, hey, guys, you're going to get me something here. You've now right. taken three straight defensive players to open things up. And if you're there at number 78, I could use a receiver. I could use an offensive lineman. I could <laughs> use whatever, whatever he wants. And he was the one that came over to him and said to the group, you got to take Tim, Tim Williams. Williams. Yep. You got to take Tim Williams. And that to me shows that like this group is that they're committed. I don't know that I haven't been in draft rooms for this team or other teams, but I could see that being a very contentious situation for some teams. Yep. You could have an offensive coordinator saying like give me my guy and it, it could be it could be heated in there. Yeah. And the fact that the offensive coordinator goes and says, "You know what? That guy is so good and we have him rated so high." Yep. That he's worth me not getting my receiver, me not getting my running back, or me not getting the uh, offense lineman. That says a lot. You know what offensive coordinators also like having the ball. So Tim Williams gets a sack, punt. Well, now Marty's back on the field. Right. Offense is back on the field. You also, <laughs> you also <laughs> so, like uh, shutouts. Offense coordinators are big fans <laughs> of the other of the defense pitching a shutout. Seriously. So Tim Williams, you know, just talk about him. Uh, that maybe is my favorite pick of the whole draft. I mean, Mel Kuyper said that he had Tim Williams as his number one overall prospect before last year's college season started. I mean, that's how talented this guy was. Now, it just didn't materialize at Alabama for him in terms of him becoming a starter. He just, I guess, didn't prove that he was a good enough run stopper or or whatever to become a full-time guy. Let's not forget, they had some pretty nice outside linebackers as well with Ryan Anderson, and they had Jonathan Allen on the defensive line. So they had some talented, talented linebackers there. And Tim Williams has turned into a pass rush specialist. But if he can kind of develop his game, become more of an overall guy, I mean... You're talking about one of the most talented defensive players, explosive guys in this draft. Yeah. To you, get him in the fourth well, or third. third? Sorry, third. That's pretty nice. It, it is. And, and so what have the Ravens done? Okay, so now they're going to be able to cover on the back end with the moves they made in free agency, and they're going to be able to get after the quarterback. Yep. And, and so many times, I think last season, and really for the past couple of seasons, where there's been breakdowns late in the season, 
you know, whether it's in New England or whether it's in Pittsburgh on Christmas Day, at the root of that, a lot of times has been the inability to cover and the inability to get after the quarterback. And I think the Ravens have put themselves in position, and people may listen to this and they may say, well, you guys work for the team. You just have to say this. You have to tout the company line. But I think they're going to be able to get after quarterbacks, and I think they're going to be able to cover. That's not the company line. That's just a fact. I mean, mean, they have so many pass rushers now. You lost Dumerville, obviously, but you took Tyus Bowser. You took Tim Williams. They're absolutely going to be able to get after the quarterback. I mean, Dumerville obviously has been doing it for a long time. He knows how to sack quarterbacks. But there's but was, no doubt that after the Achilles, yeah, up was, there in age, I mean, he, he wasn't super effective last year uh, at the tail end of the season. Now you have really fast, really athletically explosive young guys. Once they learn the game a little bit better, Bowser's a little bit raw. You know, he comes from a basketball background. They can coach him up. He can be really good. And Tim Williams obviously has proven it. They have so many guys now. When you add in Matthew Judon, who had a very nice rookie season getting after the quarterback, you have Terrell Suggs still, who I think he's had a few sacks in his career. Uh, Zadarius Smith, you know. Uh, So they have a rotation of pass rushers now where if they can just disrupt the routes at the line of scrimmage and cover a little bit on the back end, those guys are going to get home. So there's no doubt about it. One guy they could have taken in the third round instead of Tim Williams, I'm just looking at the draft here, is Carlos Henderson my wide receiver right from Louisiana Tech he went four picks later so we'll keep an eye on how Carlos Henderson <laughs> that's does. your that's your standard pick you know you, you take the guy and then we pass on him that's how that's true that's how you're that's, 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 that's my ML <laughs> uh yeah so and, and let's not forget about Chris Wormley you know I, yeah I, he just doesn't play a sexy position and so he's like he's yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's like a 10 stat guy no you know he's going to be what Lawrence Guy has was here. I mean, I think he year. probably has a higher ceiling than Lawrence Guy did. I mean, Lawrence Guy was. But he's he's a run plugger who maybe gets a few sacks a year, bats down some passes. Like that's just the nature of the position. It's comparable that the analyst said was literally Lawrence Guy. <laughs> um, so so yeah, but I think Wormley's a little bit more athletic than than Guy was. Sure, he he might be. Yeah. Um, but you know, just think about that front. You you got a lot of big athletic. You got Brent Urban in there. You got Bronson Confucci, who the Ravens took in the third round last yeah. year. You have Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams, C.J. Mosley, Carl Davis, Carl Davis, Kamala Correa, maybe in there next to C.J. Mosley. Um, like, Willie Henry. Willie Henry, fourth round pick from last year. So like, and then the pass rushers and Bowser well, and Tim Williams. You know, you, and tra- Suggs. you traded away Timmy Jernigan, so you lost some of your interior pass rush. He led the defensive lineman with sacks last year with five. You're counting on Wormley. The combination of Wormley uh, picking up some of that and Carl Davis, who we had on the podcast here, Willie Henry, and Michael Pierce is going to get some more time. So maybe you lost a little bit of that interior pressure, but I think Wormley is going to be used in third down pressure situations inside. You know Um, know what I can't wait to see? How we dial up some creative, exotic front seven on third and long. I st- we will not forget the 2014 Ravens defense that had Pernell McPhee yeah. and Dumerville, Suggs. Who Nada. else? Haloti. Haloti. Yeah. Who, I feel like there's some other well, Chris Canty was up there, too, and he's massive. But they used to just dial up. The, we were like, oh, baby, here the comes rush. the pass rush squad. Yep. And they, oh, they were just moving all around in the front end. And, I mean, this year it's going to be very similar because – how do you shuffle in all these pass rushers? I yep. mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. So there is another side of the ball, and we'll hit on the offense quickly. Um, with mm-hmm. the offensive line, my expectation, I think that they'll give Syracuse a good look at center, see if he can play center. Yeah. Uh, depending on what they I do. I think they'll give him a, a look. I yes. think He's give... never played it in his life. 
I know. He said in, intramural football. Yeah, intramural football. What the hell was he doing playing intramural football, by the way? Who that, knows? Wasn't he in the middle of the season? I think he meant, like, backyard football. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that's going back a ways. Uh, I think we'll give him a, a, a pretty good look there. I think, you know, maybe Alex Lewis slides out there to right tackle. I still think that they're going to add somebody in the offense line. And I don't know if it's Nick Mangold, who everyone points to. That's, like, the logical choice. Or King Dunlap at right or, tackle. Right. But, like, it could be a guy like a Vladimir Dukas. The Ravens signed him in the middle of the season last year after he, he spent training camp, then they cut him, then they re-signed him in the middle of the season. He started, he started eight games. games. He started yeah. the final eight games. And he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can get some veteran, particularly interior at guard, offensive linemen. So maybe they go and get a guy like that. But l- let's make no bones about it. The Ravens got more physical and beefy up front. They got you know what I like in my offensive line? A little bit of beef. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what Nico Siragusa and Jermaine Illuminar, my guy, that's what they both bring. I mean, these are big, physical maulers. Yeah. And that's what I expect the Ravens to kind of get to up front. I mean, they they made no about, bones about it when they brought in Greg Roman. We all said, well, this is he had downhill, physical running attacks. And now, looking at the guys who they drafted, it matches that kind of attack. Mm-hmm. Just bullying some people up front. Uh, so... It'll be interesting to see how this running attack changes. The pass protection, obviously, that's a big area. It wasn't particularly Sierra Goose's strong point. You know, I think he can t- handle the bull rush. He's going to have to prove himself against some kind of speed, inside speed guys. Um, but, you know, there's still, I think, like you said, changes to be made on the offensive line and additions. Because at right tackle right now, you're probably looking at Namebot, DeAndre Wesley, James Hurst, and Illuminor competing for that spot. Or Alex Lewis. Or Alex Lewis, correct. Yeah. So, and you know what? We're going to have our first chance to see the rookies on the field this weekend. They arrive here Thursday, so then they take the field on Friday for rookie minicamp, Friday and Saturday. We're going to be able to watch that. And you get a feel uh, yep. for, for how good these guys are, and we'll just get a sense. You know, it's early, but. Yeah. How do you think wide receiver is going to shake out? I know. I think that they're still going to add a wide receiver. You think it's Bolden? I really wonder about Bolton. Like, I think it's going to be Bolton. Bolton just make, seems to make too much sense that it won't happen. Like, it just seems like it's like the easy, it's the low-hanging fruit because it's like yep. he played here, he's still out there. After he Everybody signs after, him. what, June 9 or whatever, like, then he doesn't count May against compensatory picks. He doesn't count against compensatory picks. Right, like everyone seems to look at him and it just seems like, oh, that's, it's going to be Bolton. But, like, it just seems too simple. <laughs> so I, I'm cautious that that would be the, the move. I do think there's going to be another veteran receiver on this roster come you know, week one that's not currently on the squad. But I can tell you what. I think number one and number two is pretty clear. Wallace and Perryman. Wallace and Perryman are going to get a lot of runtime. Now, if they sign Bolden, obviously you know, he's going to have, get a lot of snaps too. And maybe I don't know what that means for Perryman or, or whatnot. But uh, those guys are going to get a lot of snaps this year. And let's not also forget this. I think what's getting lost in this whole hubbub of, oh, they didn't draft a wide receiver, is the Ravens have a million tight ends. Yeah. A million of them, right? And Dennis Pitta is practically a wide receiver at this point. Benjamin Watson's coming back. He's, he could potentially, if the Achilles is right and he still has good bursts and all that stuff, he could be your starting tight end. Mm-hmm. That flexes Dennis Pitta out a lot more where he becomes almost a wide receiver in the slot or, or whatever, an underneath kind of guy. You have Crockett Gilmore. You have Darren Waller. You have all these guys, Nick Boyle. So don't forget that the Ravens have a lot of number of pass-catching tight ends that can help in the passing game. You have the guys on the outside that can stretch the field. Wallace and Perry McGarrett stretch it. You have some tight ends that can cover some of that 
first down, chain moving, underneath kind of stuff that Steve Smith did so well. You know who else can do a lot of that stuff? What's, who's that? Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead? Yeah, exactly. He, coming out of the backfield, he, he's he gonna adds do a, lot of a that. new wrinkle to that offense. When Absolutely. he's in the backfield, they can kind of they can move him around a lot. Absolutely. Versatile, so. And Michael Campanero, I think, is going to be, if he can stay healthy, and I know we've said this a million times about Campanero, right. but we still love Campanero. We're, we're still on the bandwagon. We're still on the bandwagon. Yeah. And I think that if he, if he can stay on the field, man, he's going to be good. Get him on some more. Get the, he has to catch the ball this year. This year. I think he did three end rounds yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. And he was good every single time, but I want to see the guy catch the ball. Yeah, he was more of like a glorified running back last year. It just <laughs> took him a long way to get to the football, and then he got, ended up getting a carry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I mean, we like Campanero. So, look, all, all this stuff, I mean, Ozzy said it, and I truly believe that there's going to be a lot of stuff that still happens between before week one. Yep. And, you know, I think what what is going to happen is the Ravens are going to get a look at these rookies during minicamp and during football school and OTAs, and then they'll make a decision. If they say, you know what, we need to add an offense lineman or we need to add a receiver, after they see the guys on the field, then they'll get a better indication of exactly what they have, and they can go and make that decision. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think they're going to add any more defensive pieces. I think they're set. There. I think their defense is going to be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. To watch i'll tell you this fans come out to mt bank stadium next year for some home games because whew, it is going to be fun that place is going to be jacked up and it is going to be loud when that defense is on the field and, and that'll be really nice let's get that home field advantage like the backs of being the best in the nfl yeah i'm excited to see that i am too and i'm excited to see like an old school ravens defense everyone's saying that and i think that has, this has all the potential to be that i'm fine with winning some 10 nothing games this year sure you okay with that i'm okay with that just Let's just, you know, instead of being, like, good at everything, let's just be dominant at one thing. Just whoop some tail on defense <laughs> and then let the offense, you know, Joe's going to be Joe. Joe's going to have his moments where he's going to be on fire and he's going to really get you going and he's going to have some tougher moments. That's just that's what we've seen from Joe over the years, and I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to be better this year. And the offense, you know what, give us a solid 17 a game. We'll be all right. Yeah. Hey, I like it. You got me fired up. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, go ahead and send us your emails at the lounge at Ravens on NFL.net. And also, we need to get our reviews up. You know, for a while there, the yeah. reviews on iTunes were coming in consistently, but we've hit a wall. Basically, we ran out of family family members and friends that we could ask. I, iTunes shut down me shut me down for making so many fake accounts to just continue <laughs> rating it. So, uh, you know, the, the reviews stopped. So, um, but we maybe, you know what we maybe need to do? We need to find a giveaway. Incentivize this with another crappy poster that we handed out? We need to find a good giveaway. A good one this time. Yeah. And once we reach a certain mark, we need to give it away. That's a good call. All right. We'll we'll brainstorm that. We'll brainstorm what that's going to be. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with The Lounge.